Hello and welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Obviously, I'm Eddie Cohn, host and creator of The Spiritual Spiral. I'm thrilled to welcome my friend, actress Polly Humphreys to the show. And we get into, she's, she's my entertainment correspondent. She's sort of my pop culture entertainment correspondent. I felt inspired to record a podcast, and I'm still thinking about it even after talking to Polly, and I'm going to record another podcast probably in the next couple of days. But we get into Issa Rae and this idea of how female directors weren't nominated this past year for the Academy Awards or this current year. We also talk a little bit about Me Too. We talk a little bit about Roger Ailes and Harvey Weinstein. And I think what I've been really thinking about lately is the complexity of the human condition, the complexity of human beings. And I'm watching a show on Apple Plus right now called The Early Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston. And um, gosh, what's his name? Steve Carell. And Steve Carell loses his job very similarly, similar, similar, very similarly to Matt Lauer losing his job on the Today Show. And it's interesting, but the morning show is talking about this. Of course, Harvey Weinstein is a pig and an animal. He, Harvey Weinstein deserves everything that he is experiencing right now. And Matt Lauer deserved to lose his job. But what I can't help but think about sometimes is, of course, Harvey Weinstein is a pig. And Matt Lauer was a pig, but I get the sense that there's a perpetuation. Companies are perpetuating this, or agents or managers knew Harvey Weinstein was a jerk, offering jobs to women that had sex with him. I am 99.9 certain that there are managers or agents out there that knew that this behavior was going on, but nobody said anything. People knew that Matt Lauer had a button underneath his desk that would lock the door and not allow people to come in or to leave. But nobody did anything about it because they were worried that they were going to lose their jobs. There was too much to lose. So is all of this behavior, is this a result of human beings just being animals? Is it a result of being and living in a capitalistic world where people are worried about money and losing their jobs and losing their fame? It's just really complicated. And I can't help but think about these types of issues. The lines are really blurred, blurry right now. Nothing is really clear. And what's also interesting, and I talk about this with Polly, it feels as though if you're accused of something, you're guilty of it. And Harvey Weinstein's attorney wrote an article for the New York Times a few days ago about how the Me Too movement has really disrupted our culture, obviously in a good way, but potentially in a bad way. It feels as though we're living in a day and age now where the more fame you have and you're accused of something, you're instantly guilty without trial. It's just, it's a scary world that we live in. And believe me, I think about it with the things that I say and talk about. I don't feel always comfortable sharing my opinions and thoughts because it's really scary to speak your mind and share your opinions. Who knows who you may offend? Um, It's just, it's a scary time. And I think social media 
and the world we live in now has made it almost impossible to navigate. Who knows what's true or false anymore? Who knows what to believe? And we also live in this culture, I'll leave you, I'll leave you with this, where it feels as though people love to see somebody go down publicly, like see their life spiral out of control in the public eye. And that's, that's really, it makes me feel like we're all animals. And maybe, maybe we are. Maybe we're capable of wonderful things like inventing a car or creating bridges, creating airplanes, but we're really capable of terrible things. So it's just something that I'm trying to wrap my head around and figure out in this day and age, especially now of social media. So as always, I appreciate you listening. Please reach out via Instagram. Say hi. You can reach me at Eddie Cohn. Tell me what you think of the show. I love hearing from you. This is helpful as well. You can also head over to iTunes and write a review. Give the show a five star. You can reach out on Twitter at Eddie Cohn. You can also support the show at my Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. And there's a, a few spots during this conversation where the audio, it wasn't as fantastic as I thought it could be. Skype was sort of behaving a little peculiar that evening, but generally, I think the conversation, it, it 99% of it, I think it's great. You may have to adjust the volume a couple spots here and there, but I think we touch on a lot of important points, and I think it was a really great conversation. So I hope you enjoy listening to Polly Humphreys and I talking about the Academy Awards, male-female dynamics, and a little bit of the Me Too movement. So as always, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Hello. I don't see... Oh, there, there we are. This is really exciting. I'm super excited. Let me just uh, keep talking a little bit. I want to make sure okay. you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're as loud as me. I am. There we go. That sounds better. Good. So, gosh, this you're you're my entertainment reporter here in Hollywood. You're, you're a trepid entertainment reporter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nervous because I know we don't agree all the time, but that's I think people like when people um, don't agree. Oh. That's like that's that's more exciting. Absolutely. A discussion is better than just going like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But one thing we need to start off with, because a lot of my listeners know how much I can't stand the Irishman. And I think it was one of the most laborious, annoying, just lazy, terrible films of of the year. And yeah. I know you agree with me. So just really quickly, and I just want to start off by saying I think it's incredibly ironic that that movie got nominated for Best Editing. It did? <laughs> it did, yes. Crazy, right? Wow. How does, yeah. how does a three-and-a-half-hour movie get nominated for Best Editing? Imagine, it must have been like 47 hours originally. <laughs> so oh let me hear your thoughts about what you didn't like about The Irishman. It, it, the length is a an absolute insult because <laughs> it 
it, it felt, I've talked about this, it felt like an exercise in bringing the old gang back together and letting them do their thing, you know? Yeah. It was just loaded with fat. Like, you know, delicious kind of Al Pacino chewing the scenery, Robert De Niro doing his thing. There was so much that was unnecessary. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I didn't feel like it was clear about whose story was being told. You know, it rambles. Oh, gosh. Well, talk about, and this is something I brought up about a few weeks ago, I think with you, or maybe even on my show. You want to feel like you're in the movie. And, oh, absolutely. And when I watched, it's funny, I watched The Joker a few weeks ago, and I'm now disappointed I didn't see it in the theater because, gosh, it's, it's amazing to me because I didn't even see that movie in the theater. And I really felt like Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, I felt like he was in my living room. I, I really felt like I was in the movie. And, and whereas with Marriage Story, I felt as though I'm sort of like hanging out, just kind of watching this piece, whereas the Joker really to me shows the power of a good movie. To me, that was an experience and I didn't even need to see it in the theater. I just, I was, I was in it. Right. Yeah. And, and that was not the only movie this year that did that. Parasite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was absolutely on a journey with them, you know, um, uh, little women did that. And I know you haven't seen it, but little women did that as well. You were right in it with them. You know, when, when movies move you to tears or laughter, it's because you're involved in the experience. Yeah. Um, Little Women was one of those for me. I'm just, this is the thing that I want to talk about also, where we'll probably see a little, we'll see, we won't see eye to eye. So the Academy Award nominations came out like a week ago, and Issa Rae, who is the star of uh, Insecure on HBO, I, I love that show, incredible. So she's reading the nominations, and... She reads the director nominations. Right. And what's the, before I forget, what's the direct, the Parasite director's name, Bong Joon-ho? Yes. Is that, so anyway, she, she reads the director nominations and all five are men. And she says some sort of snide comment afterwards. She said, congratulations to all the men. All those men. All There's those men. Like yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just the culture that we live in now the media sort of went to town with that and they had an interview with her saying that she just found it disappointing that it was all men nominated and, and no women. And I was really, I've been thinking about a lot of, and I don't want to sound like a male chauvinist pig, but I was really thinking about what she did. And she, to me, took away from the nominees. To me, she made it about her and her viewpoints and I also don't know if it's the Academy Awards issue or their problem. I don't know if they did anything wrong. I think, you know, obviously I'm not a huge Martin Scorsese fan with The Irishman. So if if that could have been replaced with Greta Gerwig for Little Women. I mean, I didn't see the movie, but she was nominated last year in a film that I didn't think was very good. I suddenly, I forgot the name of the movie. It was called Lady Bird. Lady Bird, that's right. That's how much I liked it. I don't know. I'm really conflicted with what Issa did, where she did it. Is it the Academy Awards place to 
Is it their fault or is it the studio's fault because they're not hiring women? But then here's Issa Rae who is getting hired and has this incredibly successful show on well, HBO. So what what do you think? I, I'm I'm confused. I I think he was. I I I'm glad that she made that remark. Um, and I think that you know Greta Gerwig is the only woman who did a noteworthy movie this year. The woman, I, I wish I knew their names. I should have looked them up before we did yeah, it. But the name of the woman who directed the uh, Mr. Rogers movie. Right. Which, again, I haven't seen because I'm not a Mr. Rogers or a Tom Hanks fan. However, it has gotten huge accolades. Everyone has said that it's amazing. So there is she. There's Greta Gerwig. But I know that there were at least two other women directors, female directors this year, who did noteworthy work. Um, at least as good as you know, uh, any, any of the other movies. Yeah. But who's, but who's to say that, you know, I mean, like it's so subjective and it feels as though it's becoming the affirmative action of, of filmmaking or, or it's like, is this, is, did Mahershala get nominated last year, the year before for the, what's the name of that movie where he won uh, with, um, Viggo Mortensen. Um, Green Book. Green Book. I mean, I thought he was deserving of getting nominated and and potentially winning. But if he didn't win, is it because he was African American? Was he nominated? Be, was no, 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 but, no, you're but that, no, but I don't. But that, I don't know if that is. I don't know if I am missing the point because it's like, you know, he, instead of celebrating Bong Joon Ho for being the first Korean filmmaker be, to be nominated for Academy Award, you know, Issa Rae is making it a a, a, a women issue, and I just I don't know. I, I don't think it's. An appropriate place. There was not a single woman uh, included in that group of five. Believe me, it, you know this is going to, next year. They're going to make sure there are one or two in there. It's harder um, to get a movie made as a woman. It's harder to be taken seriously as a director as a woman. And when there are a whole bunch of them that direct moved not one of them was nominated it there was there wasn't a whole bunch of them there was maybe 3 or 4 that were there were at least 4 and i think there actually were 5 i should have okay, looked but, it up but, but no i know but sense. like when we when there's only 5 nominees 5 that are nominated and it's not like it's unfair that women aren't getting the directing positions that men are but it's not Issa Rae's place to say anything because it's not the Academy Awards fault that that's happening. To me, it's more like it's a cultural issue and it's the studio's issue because they're scared to hire women directors. And I don't think it's the Academy Awards fault that only four or five movies were worthy of potentially being recognized. So what was so, okay, because I, I, again, I haven't, so there is Parasite, right? Yeah, uh, there was, there, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino's um, Par- yeah. Parasite, nineteen seventeen, The Irishman, and then the f- I forget the fifth one. I can go look really fast. No, 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 it's okay. It's just that the one that comes to my mind, which is Little Women, was really original and it's it, it was unique. It's the retelling of something that that has been done a bazillion times, but it, it's completely different take on it. It was modern in its point of view, it certainly deserved a place alongside the Tarantino movie. I again haven't seen nineteen seventeen, but since I haven't I'll say that it does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it it is as good movie 
as that bunch movie. It's a better movie than, than The Irishman. So why isn't it there? What is it that they're, what they're, what is the criteria that kept it out? It's me, it's not productive. It's not creating change when on a day when people are supposed to be celebrating what's there, Issa Rae and then other media outlets are commenting about who's left out. And to me, it's a, it's a when Guillermo del Toro wins not wins for um, Pan's Labyrinth was the first film that he got some nominations and won. And then I feel like he won recent. Oh yeah. For a shape of water, you know, no, 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 no. for, um, uh, no, he won. I think you're right. You're right. I think. Um, and then, you know, Ina Ritu is winning for Birdman. I mean, these are, you know, I, you know, all these years, I don't hear Mexican Americans complaining about, we're being left out. Why shouldn't we be nominated? And instead, it just feels as though they just kicked ass and made great movies. We can't help but recognize them. And then Bong Joon-ho makes this incredible movie called Parasite. We can't help. We just, we nominated it. I don't know. It, it just feels as though. Women are not the same type of minority that, that uh, you know, any people of color are in their in each of their individual ethnicities. Like women are half the world, if not more. Right. And if you don't say anything, I mean, the, the history of the Academy Awards is very white male dominated. Um, and so, if you if you're not pointing out that people who are deserving aren't being recognized then maybe they never will be. I think that's the point of view of Israel. She was stating the obvious. I just don't, I don't, I think it's a no win. I, like, I agree there's a problem. I just don't think it's, a, it's an appropriate place. And I think we live in a culture now where everybody, if it, it's creating a culture where we're, if we're not careful, we are going to be giving people that don't deserve uh, recognition recognition because they are a woman. And I don't think that's an appropriate place to go. I would, I would say that you were right if there weren't a bunch of real good movies directed by women this year, but there were. Surely there was room for at least one of them. I'm not... Of course they should be. Of course... I think Catherine Bigelow was nominated for Zero Dark Thirty. Um, yeah. Or maybe she, I feel like she, she won. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. It, it's not that, I'm not saying at all that like, well, look, that's good enough. But we are creating, I think, more issues when every year we're all just sitting around waiting to see who they're going to say is nominated. And if they don't say a woman, if they don't say an African-American, if they don't say a Latino, if they, if they don't say a Latino, then something's wrong. And I don't think that necessarily is the case. Well, the thing is, the flip side of that coin is that in order to get things made in Hollywood, 
you know, one of the questions that you come up against is, well, you know, will it be nominated? Well, women don't win. There were no women nominated last year, so it's another movie by a woman, so maybe not. Will we give it a big budget? Well, you know, not if it's a woman, because, you know, women, don't. their movies don't get nominated. It goes both ways. You know? Yeah, I'm not. It's funny. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I think I just feel as though it's possible. I mean, I like going to women doctors because I kind of feel a similar. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to medical school, but I do feel as though women at 20 years ago, I don't think so as much now, had a harder time getting into medical school, being looked at and respected as just as respectable as their male peers. And I've actually felt they needed to work harder to achieve whatever success they have. And I, and I actually, that for all of those reasons, I prefer going to women doctors. Right. So I do feel the same can be said about female directors when they went to film school to be when they try to get people to finance their movies. Yeah, I, I get it. I really do. I think though we live in a culture now though where there's plenty of opportunities for everybody if you work hard. And I think kind of. I mean I, yes. I mean I don't know. I go ahead. But but I, I think, you know, in order for in order for a woman to become the kind of director that has reputation that Tarantino has, that Scorsese has, um, she needs to be taken seriously for a long period of time, like they have been. And so when these women directors who are new and are trying to break in, who are incredibly talented, are passed over. When will there ever be the opportunity for them to become the next Scorsese? Women have to work way harder to be taken seriously as directors in Hollywood. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, all, I just this is the thing. I, I just think when we say that people have to work harder or try harder, I, I don't know. It just, to me, creates this false reality where I don't – look, I realize I'm a white Caucasian male, but I also feel as though we all have a really hard time sometimes. And we all have, and it just, when we start to say, so, so the job of the person who is in the more privileged position, who has a hard time, who has all kinds of stuff that they have to deal with is to look at the person who might be having a more difficult time and not think of their own stuff that you know but to think of the person who has a more difficult time and empathize and maybe think about how how we can be of help to that person without without losing anything ourselves just to make room at the table yeah so, i agree so with you half the hard time can thrive I don't know. I just, I think those steps are happening and it's, it's going to look, it took hundreds of years. And this sort of goes to my next point with um, the movie bombshell, but it's taken hundreds, if not thousands of years to get to this unbalanced, unequal place where men have dominated so many industries. 
So it's not going to switch and turn over within. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And therefore, it's really important when the, when the pendulum appears to swing back a little bit to go, hey, there were no women nominated. Oh, well, maybe next year. Yeah, again, though, I just, I, you, I think you and I all disagree. To me, it, it, it just oozes some immaturity, bad taste, bad timing. Um, I'm not going to, instead of saying, holy shit, a Korean director was just nominated for the first time for an Academy Award, let's, I'm going to make a little snide comment about now there were no women. And I, I just, it's setting up, a, to me, a, a, I'm forgetting the word, but it's setting up a precedent where if a woman isn't nominated every year, somebody like Issa Rae is going to make a comment. And to me, that is just, that's just, un, it almost feels destructive. It almost feels like it's actually not being helpful. So. Well, look, good things and bad things happen at the same time. You know, um, Bong Joon-ho being nominated is a really great thing. And, and the fact that there were no women nominated is a really bad thing. Yeah. They happened in the same year. You know? Yeah. Uh, or, 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 or we could go to the really extreme lefty view and say, oh, they gave a nomination to a Korean director, so there was no room left for a woman director. Right. If you know, and I mean, I, I'm not. I don't really feel that way, but it's certainly a perspective that one could take. Well, I do want to talk about Bombshell also, which is what we were talking about in, um, at work. Yeah. And sorry, my cat Leo is just staring right at me. He's behaving. Um, and this sort of goes towards what I was thinking when I watched Bombshell, which I didn't, I thought was okay. I, I didn't think it was fantastic. Yeah. But there was this scene where, um, gosh, what's her name? The actress's name? Robbie. Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie's in, in the office with John Lithgow's character. And again, I have to be very careful here because I don't want to be looked upon as a male chauvinist pig. But I do think about how we got to this place. So John, who is John Lithgow playing in the movie? Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes. And so Roger asks Margot Robbie's character to lift her skirt, and she lifts it, and she keeps lifting it to the point where her underwear is, is revealed to Roger Ailes. And he's clearly, you know, he's a pig. He's disgusting. And I think and Harvey Weinstein is a pig. But then I read this article from Harvey Weinstein's lawyer about how the Me Too movement has actually ruined the male-female dynamic. Wait, let me and wait. Let me just say one other thing. And then I think to myself, and I said this to you the other day: Why doesn't Margot Robbie? I, I hate to say Margot Robbie because she's playing somebody in real life, but why doesn't she just basically say, "Fuck you, Roger Ailes. I'm not lifting my skirt. You're just my skirt. You're disgusting. I'm out of here." And when does it get to a point where? somebody is going to take responsibility for, you know, she had a choice. She could have just walked out of there, but she allowed this man to manipulate her and to raise her skirt and show her underwear to this disgusting human being. Now I'm saying that, but then you're saying she doesn't have a choice. No, that's not, I didn't say she didn't have a choice. What did you, what did you say? I said that she didn't have a choice if she wanted to have the career that she had chased all her life, 
that was promised to her that and and that is a moment of her so that Margot Robbie character by the way is not based on a real person oh, it's okay. the woman who is she's a, she's like a combination of people she's an example of what happened in that office okay so but her moment of realization that for women that worked for Fox that was what was going to happen and you were going to have to do it and when you are this is what I was saying to you the other day Fox what is if you are a super conservative right-wing uh, journalist and a female, you were not going to get a job anywhere else. So if you are passionate about being this right-wing female journalist, and Roger Ailes says, "I will give you everything you want. Lift up your skirt." In that moment, you make a decision about whether or not you're going to pursue the dream that you had all your life that you have worked hard to get to by lifting your skirt, or if you're done and you are defeated. Many women find themselves in that position, you know, in, in all kinds of, of occupations, not necessarily that bad, but versions of that all time. So, sure, she could have said, oh, fuck you, I'm done. But then she would have been saying, you know, I'm going to go work somewhere else and do something else, and all the work that I've done for all these years is going to act nothing. Yeah. And that's that's true with all the women with whom we want to see as well. You know, he, he was someone who made big promises and was able to do it. He was a star maker. Um, so you get to the point, you know, in the evening with Harvey Weinstein, when he's got you back up against the wall and you're not going to, it's easier to concede than not. It's easier to just, you know, let him finger bang you or whatever than I, not. Yeah, you're right. But I just, I think. You know, and people, people have done that for less than careers. You know, they've done that. Like, we were talking about this the other day. I mean, for women, it happens that they do it so because someone is scary to them. So it's easy to say okay than to worry about what will happen if you say no. Yeah, I just I'm, I feel as though there's a couple of things. Like if, if Harvey Weinstein, it's just Harvey Weinstein had this reputation and Roger Ailes had this reputation. And I feel as though when Margot Robbie's character does what she does, we are perpetuating behavior that is not acceptable. And I feel as though we've been perpetuating it. And and, and it's too bad. And, and I feel like we've been perpetuating it for hundreds of years. And you could also talk about the Catholic Church, you know? Yes. Like, I mean, it, that kind of thing. Uh, exercising power over people by abusing them, you know, either mentally or sexually or physically is nothing new. It, it, that has gone on time immemorial. And and not that men are the exclusive, you know, bad guys, but they often are. And, and it's because sometimes it has to do with the fact that they're just physically more powerful than women are. Right. You know, they're strong. Um, that's what people do can give in because they're worried about a physical threat. But also it's been set up 
that in the corporate world, they are in positions of power. So if you, and, and women, you know, it's only been the last, what, like 50 years that women, and I mean, that, that's really long, that's actually, that women have had a viable chance of being anybody powerful. Yeah. So, and you're right, it, it takes a long time. You know, it's like the idea that well, this is, it's over. We had a black president. It's all good. And it, it just, it, it isn't as long as, and, and the other side of that is the Harvey Weinsteins and the Roger Aleses have to be made an example of. We have to say, you need to be punished for this and, you know, cannot be another Harvey Weinstein. There already are a bunch of little, you know, they're not as they're not as big and important as he is, but there are lots of little Harvey Weinstein's oh, God, all I mean, over the place. Definitely, it, it's just I I I'm not taking any of the blame away from Harvey Weinstein, but I also feel as though there were more people involved that just perpetuated this whole thing, yes. and it's just it's it's a dis- women. it's a disgusting take on human nature and people not wanting to lose their jobs and people yeah. placing value in the wrong places. And, yeah. and, but I also, I said this to you the other day. I, I, I feel like women in power though, do abuse their power also. Sure they do. So yeah. it, it's, do. it's just, but, an, not, but not, um, not historically as, because there hasn't been enough time for them to have enough history to, to do it as much or in as disgusting a way as these guys have. But yes, there are women who abuse their power. Power, you know, it's that thing. Like, power makes people uh, do things that they wouldn't otherwise do. Some people can handle it and some people can't. And, you know, there are men and women who are going to be... Um, Compromise. I want to to talk about a word, values, though. I was just thinking about this. You know, Margot Robbie's character and all these women that said yes to Roger Ailes or said yes to Harvey Weinstein and then come forward five, ten years later. And again, I I don't know the exact details of every single women's situation. But I think about... What are people valuing in those situations? Are they value their and what led them to walk up to Harvey Weinstein's hotel room or some other man or Ben Affleck or Matt Lauer who who I've actually met and I I it's funny I had those these impressions that Matt Lauer was this oh, way. Yeah. yeah, I mean I always suspected it. Yeah. yeah. And I think to myself, you know, is it our capitalistic culture or is it you know men or women's desire for fame or money or glory or attention, you know, it, it could have been stopped, I think, a long time ago if people's values were different or did, did did these women value the attention or the fame or the career more than being standing up for themselves and just saying, no, I'm not going to do that or, you well, know. For the, you know, more often than not, it comes out of the blue. Hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not like, you know, he's going like, you know, you're there talking, having a conversation, doing something. And all of a sudden, whoa, right, right. uh, He'll buy something inappropriate. It's bit, you know, there isn't a chance to go, oh, oh, hold on, wait a minute, right? You know, and in, um, in, in show business and a lot of other businesses, business is done over drinks. Right. Business is done by the pool. Business is done at dinner. And, and if you're going to be the one, they're like, let's have a, let's have a one-on-one and talk about this. And then you go, and you know, it's, and it's all great. You're offered the thing, but if you you go, and all of a sudden, you know, someone's on top of you. There, it's not like there was time for you to figure out that that's what was about to happen. And women fear that they're not going to be believed, or that if they talk about it, all the good stuff that's going to happen career-wise will be gone. Yeah. It's it's rough place to be. And someone like Roger Bales or Harvey Weinstein knows that they, or uh, Jeffrey Epstein, they know they have the kind of, of power to put people in positions where they're not going to fuck that. So maybe, you know, if you think about it, I mean, for years and years, no one said, no women ever said when anything happened to them. They just were like, oh, shit. Then they went on and became the big CEO of whatever. That what has changed is people are talking about it. Yeah, and, and that's... That's good. That's wonderful. That's, that's fantastic. And because... You know, for a long time, it's it's as you said, it's an abuse of power, and and when people get too much power, they 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 take advantage, and then things like Harvey Weinstein and Matt Lauer happen, uh, or they they think that it's part of if they're allowed to do it. Did you watch any of the Brett Kavanaugh hearings? No, I mean I read about it, sure, but right. So his position was because you know he when he. Uh, abused that the woman that that was his accuser they were teenagers and his position was like oh come on i'm a kid it's like it doesn't it doesn't make you know rape any more okay I can't disagree. I, I just, I think when we get into certain situations, when there's alcohol involved or you're going to a hotel, and I, I think people's frame of mind and their ability to make sound judgments, you're still making those decisions for yourself and you're still responsible for your decisions and you're still the one that's putting yourself in those situations. And then when you have add in a glass of wine, your ability to make clear decisions starts to go away a little bit. And so I just, I think. And that's precisely why so much goes unreported. Yeah. Because, because someone who something has happened says to herself or himself afterward, Oh shit. Shouldn't have been there. I shouldn't have been drunk. I shouldn't have been. No one's going it, to, it's my fault. Right. It's not though. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. 
Well, no, I, I mean, I've, 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 I agree with you and I'm not trying to support disgusting behavior. I just think we, I think these, this goes, we even brought up like the Adam and Eve analogy in the sense that this just goes back to human nature and greed and power and, and people taking advantage of their greed and their power. And, and it's, it's, it's a cruel world that we live in a lot of times. And, and it's, it feels like it's extra cruel at the moment because progress has been made, progress has been made, you know, there, there is, in theory, uh, women have more rights, um, you know, uh, minorities have more rights, and, and people in power, the old white guys who have been in power forever are starting to feel threatened by that, so that... Um, you know who I think feels threatened? I was thinking about this. Ugly, super, like, uh, I'm saying superficially ugly white men, because I feel, who, who were in power. I, it's weird. I feel like attractive men. Of course, I'm, you know, Matt Lauer could be, no, but I feel like, you know, Matt Lauer, maybe this is the stupidest thing I've ever said. But I think to myself, because Matt Lauer was a relatively attractive guy, but, and he was still a pig. So, yeah, maybe my point makes no sense. But I feel like guys that that are unattractive or, like, didn't get a lot of women as kids that are then thrusted into some sort of control or power, they're the ones that are just pigs and take advantage of the situation. Yes. I think that's crazy. I mean, some of them are. But I also think, yeah, it also, though... It shakes people up. Like men want that certain men want to feel like they don't have to make any changes to the way that they move in the world, and you know, and, and that that's just not true. So it has to do with um, it's not really laziness, but like complacency. Hmm. You know, they want to have to change the way these people are behave. And it's, so it's easier to turn a blind eye to this behavior than to, you know, to say, ah, it's just, it happens, than to acknowledge it and maybe try to work on changing it. I want to end with one last point and then I'll let you go. But I was thinking, though, this world that we live in, this toxic world where it's the call-out culture yeah. Um, the, the, for lack of a, I'm like thinking, I'm suddenly thinking of the word gangbang, but it's not a gangbang, but it's when people want to gang up and, and like stone somebody to death, metaphorically speaking. On Twitter. Yes. On Twitter, but, or just yeah. not even just on Twitter in the media. So when somebody does something wrong, the whole world just like goes to town and wants to persecute them forever. And it's, I guess my point is that the woman, in the New York Times, who's representing Harvey Weinstein, her point was we've sort of like if somebody's accused of something, they are guilty before proven guilty now because of this this vocal social media world where if anybody's accused of something, then millions of people can go online and persecute somebody before we even know the truth. And that's a tragic toxic world and it's a scary world to live in now which is why i think people are so scared to do anything anymore because there's cell phones everywhere and and it's why people are scared to speak their mind yeah 
I actually I read that article this afternoon. Okay. The Times article. So I have two things to say. A, couple, a little more than two. Number one, um, she is uh, a woman who has chosen to represent someone who who is most likely guilty of a whole bunch of really horrible stuff. Yes. So of course she's going to take the position that he's being tried in the, in the, you know, in the arena of public opinion. Um, because all these women have come out and said the things that, that he has allegedly done to them. She has to take that position because she represents them. She also has to take it because she's a woman who wants to continue to work in that arena. True. You know, she's someone who's like, I'm the woman who represents the bad guy. Yeah, but don't you don't you think it's a little problematic this culture that we live in now where and again, this isn't Harvey Weinstein's a pig, he's a jerk. But don't you think this sort of call out culture where the media says somebody's accused of something and then we all share our opinions and then more people share don't you think that can be problematic? Yes, I do. Um, but I don't think that that in the context of of the argument about Harvey Weinstein or about Roger Ailes that 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 argument holds a lot of water. You know, I think it is that that opinion is more valuable when it's some young kid who no one's ever heard of, who someone says raped them. No one can prove it. Right. No, you know, we don't have absolute proof. But the kid is poor and black, so everybody thinks he did it. Right. That's where that argument has value. When it's someone who is a public figure who um, about whom, you know, multitudes of women have stories, then it's it's likely that he did something. And no, you know, um, with I think pre-social media, these were discussions that people had in their living room. They didn't have them. Everybody else listening. The issue is that now it's all over social media, and, and therefore, for some reason, you know, once it's in a Twitter feed, it matters. It shouldn't matter. It's just some person saying what they think. And I guess I'll leave you with this. Yeah. I I will just agree with her, the the writer or his attorney, in one point, and I do think the Me Too movement has created a lot of caution and has changed the day to day to day interactions between men and women. And I say gay to gay, gay to gay. No, it's day day to day, the the day to day interactions, and I think it's created a lot of. Fear and and it's. I'm not saying it's a bad or good thing. Where I just feel like people are walking around on eggshells with much more caution than than is necessary. But that's just that's the world we live in now. And I think because I I when I read when I read that part, I thought about it for a second. And I was like, you know, you're not walking around on eggshells. Michael's not like the people that I know aren't walking around on eggshells, but they're talking about how people are walking around on eggshells. I just think we have to be very careful as to how we behave or talk. And it's a good thing, but it's also 
it's I see and sense people are being very careful now. Yes. And but it's interesting where we ended up with this because because I don't think it is uh, a restrictive thing that's happening, which is what she suggested. Right. Uh, it, you know, maybe maybe what goes on in comedy clubs, that's the one arena, the, the, the Dave Chappelle argument is maybe a valid argument. But outside of the world where, you know, um, of, of high satire, uh, I just don't know that it's a bad thing that people pay more attention. Mm, yeah. Well, I think this is a good place. Yeah, no, I, yeah, you, you win. Um, no, that's where you put in the music cue. Oh, that's true. That is the music cue right there. Well, the, um, well, this was good. Well, thanks so much for making the time. Thank you for having me.